Golden State Warriors basketball. This is the Mark Jackson Show. I don't go with what the norm is. My goal from day one is to not be an average coach. Pull up three. Good. Now here's Mr. T on the Sports It is time to talk a little Golden State Warriors hopes. We do it every Thursday with the head coach. He is brought to you by, actually he's presented by Stanford Hospital and Clinics, the official team physicians of the Golden State Warriors. To learn more, visit StanfordHospital.org. Brought to you by Ring Central Guest Line. Coach, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, man. Good to be on. All right, settle this. Uh, I know you're a sports fan. I know you're a Mets fan or a Yankee fan. Uh, I'm a big A-Rod guy, so I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, good Lord. We don't, we don't even have time to get into that. I mean, that, that they, Stand by your guy, Coach. They, maybe, Stand by your guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe next time I go over to the Oracle, we'll get into that one. I mean, that 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 might need some discussing. But anyway, so you're a Yankee fan then? Yes. Okay. Would you root for your team to have a no-hitter thrown against them or a perfect a perfect game thrown against them? Would you, in the ninth inning, if you saw a team was throwing a perfect game against your team, let's say it's 8 nothing, so your team doesn't have much of a chance to win, are you rooting for the perfect game thrown against your team, or do you want your team to get a hit and break up the no-hitter or perfect game? And this is a regular season game. Regular, regular season, season game. Regular season game, the outcome's pretty much already decided. Yeah, I made that point by saying 8 nothing. Just, just clarifying once more. Yeah, I, w- I, would probably, I would probably root for the no-hitter. It wouldn't matter to me. Thank you. Disgusting. You don't. You know why you're was, human. You're disgusting. human. That's why. <laughs> you know, I was fortunate. I was fortunate enough doing an NBA Finals game in Boston. Jeff Van Gundy, Mike Green, and myself. We go to a Red Sox game. We're sitting right beside uh, Francona in the dugout, but we're basically the next real uh, seats in the, uh, in the in the stadium. And we watch John Lester pitch a no hitter. So as a Yankee fan, I'm sitting there and I'm. I'm pulling for him to do it, but it was it was. I mean, how many times do you get a chance to see it? So, I think that's the way I would go. Yeah, part of a uh, chance to witness history there. Not to mention the fact you're a warm-hearted guy. I mean, just an all-around good guy. Well, and good guys would root a, for to see something like that. And he's a casual special. Yankee fan. Are you a casual? No, I would. I would, I, I would have picked you know Toba being the guy to root you know against it. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's not a warm-hearted guy. No, no, exa- that's a, you're, you're you're dead on, coach. And, and that that's the issue here. Now, I have another question because Tolbert Tolbert denied this one too. Uh you're playing in a game, right? And uh, you could be on the court or on the bench of obviously the opposing team doesn't really matter. You know, say you were with the Knicks back in the day and you're going up against MJ. MJ has 99. All right? And it's it's completely out of hand. They're not shoving it in your face, okay? So I'm, I'm not going to go. The game's I, completely out of hand. They are shoving it in your no, face. No, 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 no. Okay, it's it, it's just decided. Say it's a ten point okay. victory. They ju- they just separated themselves, but he's going for one more shot. Now I'm not saying you're not going to contest that shot, but if that shot happened to fall in and you saw one on one, obviously history in the National Basketball Association, how would you feel being on the opposing team? I would feel like we were clowns allowing a guy to get 101. <laughs> you know, 50 is a different story, but getting 101, we, we are absolute clowns. And and I think at the end of the game when the buzzer rings and you leave, you're thinking, wow. But, I mean, a guy get 101 on you, you, you should re- we should all retire. <laughs> okay. but So embarrassed, embarrassed, of course, right? But six years later, you're sitting down and you're doing a radio show. How would you feel about it? 
I would explain what type of night it was and how special of a player he was in the performance, but I would also say how embarrassed I still am that we allowed it to happen. <laughs> exactly. You're being clowned out there. You don't want to be a part of history on somebody else's tip. No question. I mean, I mean, think about that. A dude lights you up for 101? <laughs> I, mean, how do you, how do you, I mean, I'm trying to tell my kids get up and go to school. They look at me like, Dad, please. MJ gave you all 101. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, this whole this whole thing is getting explained right now because uh, back in the day, so six years ago, exactly, it was it 2006 or late? In the, late no, it was 2006. Late in the 2006 season is when I made the last out of a no hitter, and Annabelle Sanchez had thrown it, and I had said, you know, look. And looking back at it now, I think it was pretty cool to be a part of history. And I realized I had to watch the highlight over and over. And a matter of fact, I was safe at first base, but that's a whole other story. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> well, these guys, uh, these, these guys, Coach, they go back and they find a quote from me after this no-hitter that Animal Sanchez threw, and I said that it was embarrassing. You said it's not fun to be on the other side. It's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, which it was at yeah. the time. But you remove yourself, and as time goes on, you learn to appreciate the moment. They clowned you with what they did. At the, to me, I, I understand the frustration, but, you know, getting a no-hitter thrown against you, I mean, that's a little different than, you know, a guy getting 101, nobody's done it. Yeah. You know, people True. have thrown no-hitters, and it's not embarrassing to go 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. That happens. So I think at the end of the day, um, you, you say, wow, he threw a no-hitter. He was on top of his game, but. I'm not embarrassed. Uh, 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 a guy getting 101, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> you know, it was embarrassing, though, Coach, is after the no-hitter, Bernsey did go jump on the dog pile to celebrate Sanchez with Sanchez. Okay, here we so that go. Was a, oh, God. <laughs> was a little bit over the top, I thought. <laughs> let's, talk, like, we, let's, let's talk about Jarrett Jack and his performance last night. I mean, how about your, how about your bench guys? Had Carl Landry, Jarrett Jack, how big have they been for your guys' success this year, Coach? You know, they've been they've been crucial to the success of this basketball team. And I'd go so far to, as to say if we didn't pick up those two guys, we would not be where we are. The presence on the bench, their professionalism, their toughness, um, uh, the, the way they battle, they're not afraid of the moment. Jared Jack, to me, is the sixth man of the year. Um, the reason why is because he's not just scoring, but his leadership. He closes out ball games for us. He's a calming effect. Um, and he's having a, he's having a great year. We call Landry. I, I thought there was a, a span where, whether it be his legs or what have you, but he wasn't the same. He carried us early on. He, you know, and I thought he hit a low, but he's gotten it back. And, and you know, he's a guy now again that we're, we're throwing the ball to in isolation situations and post-up situations. And both of those, both of those guys have been absolutely dynamic, and uh, we're so fortunate to have them. I thought, and David Lee had an incredible game last night, super efficient, hit the boards. You can tell he's uh, he's just more engaged defensively this year. Like, he just, he's really gets after it. But to me, Jared Jack was the guy because you guys were, and I don't, I, games don't rarely go from 10 to 20 to 30 in this league, Jack, so I, I expected you guys to make a run at some point. But that game was getting away from me a little bit there in the second quarter, and Jared comes in, and he just has a feel for what he needs to do. And at that point, he realized that you guys needed a little playmaking, a little scoring, and he was able to get you guys back in the game offensively. And from that point, you guys kind of took off. Well, he's a guy, and he makes it easy for you as a coach because you don't have to say everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we call a timeout, and he's over there saying, come on, guys, we, you know, we, 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 we've got to pick it up. We've got to pick up the intensity. We've we, we got to take care of the basketball. And he's just 
you know, chomping at the bit, waiting for his opportunity to go into the game. And he, he goes into the game, and right away he understands what, what needs to take place. Here's a guy, you know, late in his, I'm not late in his career, but he's, he's not a rookie. He's picking up full court. He's trying to change the, the intensity level and send a message. So now it becomes contagious where Clay Thompson now picks up Eric Gordon full court, and we try to disrupt their rhythm. And, and all of a sudden, offensively, we begin to push the basketball. So, you know, to me, Jared Jack was the key to us winning that basketball, that basketball game last night because he, he completely turned it around with his presence once he went to the ball game. Clay Thompson's averaging 16 points a game. He's been terrific on the defensive side of the ball. Why doesn't he get to the free throw line, though? I mean, it's it's been a lot of talk, and and, and now I just I'm starting to really notice the fact that it just he, he never ends up there. Why not? That's not who he is today, and that's all right. I think you can we can nitpick everybody's game. At the end of the day, he's a knockdown shooter. Uh, he's a guy that probably when we first picked him up, he, he he would never put the ball on the floor and attack the paint. He's doing that. So I think the same way that you, you know, we, we attempt to stay true to the process of this basketball team, we also got to stay true to the process of the individuals. Clay Thompson is a much, much better basketball player today than when we drafted him. He's a much better defender. That's no question. He's much better at putting the ball on the floor. He's getting more and more comfortable. And I think once he gets that, uh, then he, his game is really going to take off. You know, Eric Gordon is a guy that, is a scorer. He's not a shooter like Clay. He's a guy that, you know, he's going to put the ball on the floor. He's going to attack. He's going to get to the free throw line. Clay is learning that. And uh, I'm very happy with, you know, how he's progressed and, and how hard he works. That's going to come. You know what play I really like and I've, I like to see him in and it seems to evolve this year is that curl that you run with him and, and David Lee. He comes off that curl and he has that 17-foot jump shot, which he's, you know, He's a dead eye from 17 feet when he's open. But he seems to, as the year has gone on, Jack, he's like really reads that situation. Is it catch and shoot? Is it catch and turn the corner? And he's done a nice job as well when he puts that ball on the ground. If he sees the big guy coming, he has the ability to make that little drop-off pass to David Lee. He seems to really kind of understand the, the, the defense, how they're playing him, and how to read that situation quickly. Well, it's a simple play and it's an effective play, mm-hmm. um, whether it be you know side out of bounds or underneath out of bounds. And I can say it because everybody knows it. Uh, the teams prepare for it, whether it be you know non-playoff teams. Or I remember we played the Spurs. We had about two seconds on the shot clock, and we ran the play. And Clay comes off, he catches and shoots. Um, the screen is important, and Clay's ability to come off ready to lock and load is important. But the thing he does that makes it uh, that much difficult to defend he's he's the best in the league in my opinion at that pocket pass that mm-hmm. pass when the big man jumps to help he dumps it down to, to david or to bogan or to call and it keeps him as a weapon uh dangerous so that, that he's you know those are things that you you can teach him but guys can't see it until you yeah. know further down the road he already has that in his game are the guys, can you sense they're starting to smell a little bit to uh, magic numbers too, and conceivably you could clinch this, clinch a playoff berth at least? And I, I enjoyed your comment last night when somebody said you're essentially in the playoffs, and I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was, uh, I don't know if they have a playoff, a separate playoff for the teams that are essentially in the playoffs. <laughs> until they put the X by our name, like then we're that. not in the playoffs. But are guys starting to smell a little bit now that you guys are close, and not that you'll stop once you're, in the playoffs because you want to win as many games as possible, no doubt about that. But are guys starting to see, you get that sense a little bit that the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger and bigger? 
That's a great question. And I was just, you know, it just obviously we just landed. And I was talking to one of my coaches on the plane, and he, he said, you know, the majority of these guys have never been in the playoffs. Yeah. They've never been in this situation. And I almost took it, you know, you take it for granted if you play, you know, 17 years and you've been in playoffs and you've been on good teams and you, you're distant from the moment with this team. And I think at the end of the day what we realize is, um, it's a special time for us. Uh, I don't think it's hit this team yet, which is good, because I think that the celebration will be um, pure and and it'd be well deserved. But I, I think what this team's the mentality is: let's finish this thing up the right way. And our mindset is not playoffs. Our mindset is the bo- best possible position, and then moving forward. And we want to play the best basketball that we've played uh, to close out this season. Have you thought about the potential playoff matchup with either Denver or the Clippers? No, and the reason why is because there's nothing we could do about that. Um, uh, What we want to do is put ourselves in position to finish strong because, you know, the seventh seed is just, you know, is is live if we don't finish strong. And then it takes away, you know, Denver or the Clippers. So it's Mm -hmm. important for us to finish the right way, and then, you know, that'll take care of itself who we face. I'm just curious, Jack, and I know we still got a couple weeks to go and you guys aren't in the playoffs yet, but would you consider if three through, that's or two, let's say two through five were locked up and you and Houston were still battling for six and seven, would you consider manipulating the, the games or resting guys, not playing guys at the end of the season based on what matchups are going to be, or would you just play it out? Whatever happens, happens. Well, for me, I think, you know, I think the first and the second seed, unless they collapse, you know, they'll be the same. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, when you're talking about San Antonio, OKC, they're probably on paper the two best teams in the Western Conference. Um, who finishes third will technically probably be a better matchup. Yeah. The same way who finishes fourth. So our objective is to finish the highest possible position we could finish, and that's sixth. Mm-hmm. So there will be no messing around. I yeah. can remember years ago um, when I, I played with the Knicks, we were a young team, we were a pressure, pressing team, and the Detroit Pistons dodged us to close out the season because you know Isaiah, Joe Dumas, they had an older veteran team. They didn't want to play a team that was young, pressing, fast-breaking, and they wanted to win it at all because of their ability to make sure that, you know, the best possible matchups was there. So it's not anything that would happen that would be earth-shattering and be new to the system. Uh, I think at the end of the day, though, we're a team that's young, and we've got to be playing our best basketball. So we're going to win games. Where in the world did Patino hide you on that press? Oh, that's why that's why he'll be a Hall of Fame basketball coach. <laughs> That'll be the only thing on his resume. He hit Mark Jackson. Oh, brother. <laughs> hey, good win last night, Jack. Uh, best of luck uh, against Phoenix, and hopefully close this thing out uh, Sunday against Utah, and I'll see you out at the uh, Oracle next week, man. Absolutely. Good talking to you guys. All right, Jack. Take it easy. <laughs>